0: Welcome back to another episode of Songwriting Saves the World. If you are currently listening on Spotify, then go ahead and download and like and follow the podcast on there. If you're listening on iTunes, then you can also download and like and follow and leave a comment and review holla five stars (laughs) and if you're listening on soundcloud then you can follow and like and comment
1: check us out on social media you know you want to be up to date with everything that's happening you know you do on instagram we're at songwriting saves the world on facebook as well you can like our page at songwriting saves the world get the whole family to like it you know the drill mom dad uncle cousin sister dog frog everyone (laughs) everyone we don't discriminate alpaca we love alpacas. And also, lastly, on Twitter, which we do not have, songwriting saves the world, but it is song saves world.
0: And if you really, really like our show, you can support us on Patreon at Song Saves the World on Patreon for just four dollars a month. I feel like a like commercial voiceover person, <laughs> but seriously, it really helps, and we really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> for just four dollars a month you get access to special content a special extra content from it is special too special
1: content i mean it is special you get
0: access ex- access to extra content from the guests like song breakdowns and you get a songwriting saves the world laptop sticker and soon we'll have other merch on there too so just hold your horses people and uh without further ado let's jump into this episode with mishko Woo. Everyone and welcome back to another episode of Song Saves the World. Today we have a really special guest, Mishko. Mishko is a singer, songwriter, and visual artist who re- um, recently released his newest single, "Changing," written and filmed around the George Floyd protests in LA. Mishko built an online following through graphic design and has designed merch for BTS and Janet Jackson, and Christina. He's currently finishing his debut EP, set to be released in 2021, and we're super excited about it. So yeah, thank you for being on the show. Cool.
2: Thanks for having me
1: on. We have a little intro game called Write Tour Tank, and it is essentially the musical version of F. Mary Kill. So you can write with an artist, tour with an artist, and then one you have to tank. Okay. Your three options are (laughs) Lennon, Stella, Soko, and Labyrinth.
2: Ooh, this is hard. Can you go over? So I have to... What are instead of F. Mary Kill? What is it again?
1: So it's write with one tour with one and then one has to go into a water tank
0: yeah like at a carnival it's a lot tank nicer them. than kill so yeah
2: <laughs> okay. i want to write with labyrinth
1: good choice for sure Fair he's choice. like
2: a huge love his production everything's amazing mm-hmm. um probably go on tour with soko she's actually my neighbor
0: oh cool no um, i'd say that
2: we're like we're friends at this point yeah i love her so much <laughs> Um, so going on tour with her would just make sense. Yeah. And then, you know, that leaves poor Lennon Stella. She's <laughs> got to go. And Nothing against, you know, Lennon or anything.
0: Yeah. It's just... She has a lot going for her. I'm sure she'll be fine.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: Can you start with giving us, like, a background of your musical and, like, artistic journey and how you got to where you are now?
2: Yeah. Um, it all starts with my childhood. My mom... Well, I mean, she grew up listening to, like, all sorts of music. My grandparents were super into, like, classical opera, like, Mm. just the most skilled, like, classical musicians possible. Like, that's all they listen to. So music has always Mm -hmm. been a part of my family's life, and then my mom grew up on it, and then she passed that to me. So, like, she would um, take me to all these music festivals that she started going to in, like, the 80s. Mm -hmm. She became a teacher because that way she'd have summers off. And wouldn't have to, like, sacrifice going to all these,
0: like... Oh, smart. Yeah, so she had, like,
2: this group of friends that she met, I think mostly in Seattle, but they would all go to, like, these two or three or four music festivals and gatherings every year and just, like, Uh Mm -hmm. jam acoustic music until 4 a.m. So (laughs) there's, like, I even have, like, the vaguest of memories of, like, maybe being, like, three years old and, like, falling asleep in her bass case. It's just like a little for me. No, that's so cute. (laughs) So it's kind of just unavoidable that I'm getting into it, you know?
0: (laughs) I want my kid to fall asleep in my guitar case. Right. (laughs) How cute would that be? Okay, you just added to my future fantasy. Mm -hmm.
2: There was um, (laughs) one that she would go to every year, and she missed, like, her first one in, like, 20 years because I was born that weekend, and apparently... Like it was my dad that was like, "No, you can't go, <laughs> like you're so <laughs> pregnant." <laughs> so I almost was born at a music festival, potentially even. Uh.
0: Wow, that just that makes <laughs> yeah, sense. Yes. Yeah. Wow.
2: So that's kind of like my upbringings, and then I really wanted to get Guitar Hero after playing it at one of my friends' houses.
0: That's facts. I was Love just, like, blown
2: away, right? It's like, yeah. what?
0: <laughs> exactly. It's um, like a new world.
2: Yeah, I feel like the soundtracks to Guitar Hero 2 and 3 really shaped, like, my mm. rock music knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> mm. um, but instead of Guitar Hero, my parents got me a guitar, which is okay. a way better option. And I
1: wasn't disappointed, <laughs> yeah.
2: but, you know, I sort of was. <laughs> but then... They're
1: like, we're doing this for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Literally. Like, why are you going to pretend to learn an instrument? That's ridiculous. I can see their thinking there.
0: Right. They have have some points. Points were made. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, So then, yeah, so I started learning guitar, um, just kind of teaching myself overall. I found Mm -hmm. out about guitar tabs, which just, like, tells you, like, the number on the fretboard and where to put your fingers, and then you Mm -hmm. can, like, learn classic Mm -hmm. riffs and such. And once I realized it'd be that simple just to learn all these, like, classic songs I knew, I just, like dove into it and that became my whole world kind of yeah and then i convinced some of my friends that like we had to make a band so then we made this band called bury the moon and good name (laughs) thank you thank you good (laughs) name honestly for a high school band pretty killer can't deny yeah we've heard a lot of
0: band names and people's early band names on this show and that's really up there i so think sick. cool yeah
2: appreciate that i don't want to give myself credit but i'm pretty sure i'm the one that came up with it
0: so
2: <laughs> <laughs> but um that was super cool like that was my first time really feeling like everything that i was doing was right mm-hmm. you know i was like this mm-hmm. feels good like we have band practice every weekend or so and, like we were playing shows locally all around Mm -hmm. like selling out (laughs) coffee shops but you know still like packing
1: you know local venues
2: and it was like whoa like this is a real thing that we could do Mm -hmm. and then coming Mm -hmm. out of high school there's the whole like okay now you're supposed to live your life like do your thing right and so it's kind of like we kept together as a band because we were still in the same area but it kind of like slowly drifted you know just Mm -hmm. as everyone gets like caught up in school or work or whatever
0: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so that
2: started like the solo kind of career thing but I'm still super super close with I mean all the people I was in the band with but two of them specifically like we're still like going as hard on music as possible
0: well that's awesome and
2: that's my family. I love bands <laughs> I
0: love the pull when you're just like if you're young and you like are suddenly around other musicians you're like we have to start a band you're just like there's this fantasy i don't know if it stemmed from like camp rock or like whatever it was from but it just really it clicks
2: yeah in middle school we would during lunch we'd go into the band room and just like pretend like we could jam you know and eventually we could like it reached a point after (laughs) but it was just like making noise all lunch
0: i love that you know you have
1: to start somewhere exactly you pretend and then you can actually do it
2: the whole fake it till you make it thing right
1: honestly i feel like fake it till you make it really does work 100 oh, 100%
2: 100%. you have to fake it well you know yeah yeah if you're gonna do it
1: you, you have to like believe that when you're faking it that you've already made it and then you get to the point where you actually make it
2: exactly <laughs> exactly yeah through my like art and design career i've started so many jobs where they're like oh can you do this thing and in my head i'm like no but I'm like yeah yeah. probably and then you know you figure it out once you're forced to that's so
0: funny because we talk like and I talk about that all the time like that's the only we We talked about yesterday yesterday, that's that's the only reason I know how to do anything is because like I put myself in situations where there's intense pressure for me to know how to do it and just say yes Mm
1: -hmm. can you do this absolutely get off the phone
0: oh god I don't
1: know to do that (laughs) literally
2: But those moments can really be where like your whole life can change because you like yes. pick up something and you're like, "I yeah. did that. Like I can do that. Like, yeah. What else can I f- just do? Apparently."
1: <laughs> so on this podcast, we talk a lot about a songwriter's mm-hmm. toolbox, which is essentially just things that you've picked up along the way, like little tips and tricks that you use when you're writing. What are three things that are in your songwriting toolbox, or just a couple things that? You've collected throughout the tips year. And oh. tricks.
2: So I guess tips and tricks from a tips and tricks standpoint, one big one that's really changed everything is not to really worry about what tools you're using. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like I used to think like, like this is a nice mic and I was like, okay, I have to do everything with this mic now that I have it. Yeah. But the most recent beat, I used my iPad for everything.
0: Wow. Like, cool
2: because there's garage band in it and it's free and it's actually incredible
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: um mm. and so i was using a little sampler where you can just like use the ipad and like record something and yeah you can play it and so i built a beat out of entirely just like ipad recordings
0: i love it's that it's honestly
2: one of my favorites yeah. Nice. so it's not about what you're starting well i mean it's about what you're starting with but it's not about like the quality of the sound so much as how you transform it or what you hear within it
0: i Um, i so agree with mm -hmm. that i feel like um we've talked about that in the sense of writing that like you can have like a bunch of really established like really successful writers and they can make a great song but also you can have just like a bunch of kids who are kind of new and super excited about it and they can make an equally great song because music is really in the energy and in, like, the creativity and not Mm -hmm. in, I mean, there's technical things to know, but, like, they're not the most necessary part. So I love that, applying Mm -hmm. it to tools as well.
2: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And another big thing I've learned slash whatever, yeah, learned, I guess, (laughs) is um, not to go into it thinking just in general. I was going to say more, but just don't (laughs) really think about it. Um, Yeah, fair. Like, the best things come when you're just I think just that's feeling. a great
0: one. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, and so now that I've, like, practiced my vocals enough where I'm kind of able to, like, freestyle lyrics and such,
0: mm-hmm.
2: a lot of the songs lately mm-hmm. that I'm doing, like, I'll write out the beat, and then rather than sit there and, like, try and write a bunch of lyrics and really think it through and be like, okay, here, this flow's here, and then the book, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. I just, like, hit record and then just do it. And then yeah. honestly, most of the times lately I'm like I listen back, I'm like, no, that first take like
0: was fire. That's it. <laughs> Why not?
2: Just add some harmonies.
0: Nice. I love dad. that. <laughs> yeah. Overthinking can really it can really get you as far as writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like blocking yeah. yourself. No, my dad start. sent me a
2: cool article um about just how improv works, like in your brain. Oh. Um mm-hmm. and there's the part where like you're just coming up with freeform thoughts. Uh-huh. things are just, like, firing off. You know, you're not thinking about it. And as soon as you start thinking about it, the part mm-hmm. of the brain that's, like, logic and, like, reigning in yourself, like, uh-huh. that part starts firing off, and you're not able to use, like, that free-form part of your brain oh. because all the energy is going to, like, shutting it down, basically.
0: That's so interesting. I want to read that article. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah. If I could find Same. it, who knows,
2: maybe. <laughs> <well>. <laughs> that's uh.
0: – yeah, that's so cool because Pretty I have always – been really enamored of like um freestyle rappers like people that can just rap on the spot and like I think Lin- Lin- Lin-Manuel Miranda had like a show like that was just freestyle rapping like some of the cast of Hamilton before they were in Hamilton were on that show and like mm-hmm. I forget what it's called mm-hmm. but oh, it might be called Freestyle Love Supreme but that's a, that's a guess
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like it if that's it
0: but I just like I've always been obsessed with that and been like, wow, I wish. Because it feels like they're incredibly, like, creative lyricists and musicians, but also kind of, like, Buddhist monks. Like, that they have that amount of, like, chill and control Mm -hmm. over their their brain and their feelings to just, like, relax and, like, spit stuff. So that's so Mm -hmm. sick. Yeah.
2: It's so impressive. Yeah. And I definitely understand the whole, like... I hear a lot of vocalists saying like it's not really me singing I'm just like channeling you know god the universe etc and like Mm -hmm. I myself am like is that all I'm doing like I don't know if I have any say in what I'm singing right now yeah (laughs) um but really that's what happens when you just like allow your brain just to be free because as soon as you start thinking about it you're just gonna put like a cage over anything that you're doing
0: yeah I love that changing is a Obviously about a difficult and emotional topic, which I feel like can often be hard to write about. It can be hard for me to write about social movements and, like, big change and things that affect people in a big way. Because I'm like, one, like, how do I have the right to talk about this? And two, like, mm-hmm. how this is so nuanced. How am I going to have an interesting perspective that I can put in a song? But I think you did that really well, writing about the Black Lives Matter mu- movement and George Floyd. So how do you approach writing about big topics like that as far as perspective and and what can you take from that big idea?
2: Yeah, um, I'm going to wait for this helicopter. For <laughs> Actually, maybe not. It's great. There's a helicopter. You'll hear it. Okay. Um,
1: <laughs>
2: so I have definitely had a lot of challenges myself, kind of thinking, like, how do I go into something like that? Um, just... You know, social justice, everything like that has always been a huge, like, core part of my life, I Yeah. Um, so it's something I've always wanted to mm-hmm. incorporate into my music, but I've just, again, like, going to that overthinking part, I've always been like, eh, it's going to be cheesy, like, I'm not the right person to talk about this, like, right, a right. lot of the things you talked about. Um. So mm-hmm. with that song, pretty much what happened is, like, I was living downtown in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm during like the thick of the protest. So there are multiple times where I would just like be out on my longboard trying to get some like groceries or something. (laughs) And then I just like run into a protest. And next thing Mm -hmm. I know, like I'm just part of that for like two or three hours.
0: Yeah, wow. And
2: so I think being in that kind of environment more than anything is what inspired that song. Um, Because I, it's hard. Like, I don't think I'm the right person to be speaking on all these issues fully, because, like, <laughs> like, I'm not a specialist. You know, I know, mm-hmm. I have, like, an overall education, but I'm not, like, okay, I know how to solve these problems. I know what we should be doing. Right. I've lived this. So with that song, mm-hmm. I was just kind of... I wasn't really trying to think about it too much. I was just, like, writing after one of the protests, and mm-hmm. it was just, like, this is just how I'm feeling right now. Like, kind of just my perspective on it, rather than trying to speak for the movement as a whole or anything.
0: Yeah, I... I think that's so smart Mm -hmm. because it's so true that writing about social change or justice or things like that can so easily be cheesy or, like, preachy. But the most, like, effective songs Mm -hmm. usually just come from people talking about how they personally feel about it because, like, at the end of the day, like, a huge social issue is, like, a bunch of individuals having that issue on, like, on a large scale. And so, like, kind of getting at that individual perspective, I feel like, is the most effective way, and I think you did that, so props to you. Cool. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, (laughs) I'm just trying to, I
2: don't know, be as honest as possible, and, I mean, that's the best way to connect with people.
1: Snaps to that. (laughs) It always shows through Mm -hmm. in songs when people are honest. Yeah, People resonate with it more.
2: Like, lately I've been getting more into pop music, and especially, like, melodically, Mm -hmm. but I used to just kind of, like, ignore that entire genre spectrum of music because I was like, I need more substance. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: But I mean, obviously there's some incredibly talented pop artists who have a lot of substance. Yeah. Um like Janelle Monet is probably mm.
0: one Oh yeah. Of my
2: bigger idols just like
0: amazing.
1: Oh my we gosh, love yeah, The way she's able to amazing. incorporate
2: like such important and like complicated topics yeah, into for just real. like a catchy hook is
0: just like
1: mm-hmm.
0: wow. <laughs> oh she's amazing.
1: Yeah. I find it so funny how so many people are so anti-pop at first. Everyone's yeah, like, Pop it is music, interesting. Get it away from me, and then everyone's like, "All mm-hmm. right, I've actually come around to it, and it's not that
0: bad. <laughs> I actually love it." <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, I th- think it comes for me from my little sister listening to like the top forty radio <laughs> basically mm-hmm. nonstop, um, and that just a whole lot to hear the same songs like five times a day oh
0: yeah yeah I don't know it's kind of strange because I had this weird perspective like kind of as I started being more serious about music being like I didn't know that people were like anti-pop and I was like oh I love like everything but within loving everything like I fully listened to Disney radio like I like I do (laughs)
2: I love that. <laughs> I was like,
0: well, I mean, what are you going to do about it? It's just true. And then I like entered like more musical spaces and people were like, what? Like what? <laughs> I only listen to the Beatles. <laughs> so I was like, oh, right. Yeah, me no. too. Only the Beatles. Never. Like, yep. Dove Cameron. <laughs> never <laughs> you got to mix it, it up. I Yesterday
2: I was like really heavily on the Ratatouille soundtrack.
1: You
0: know? Yeah. Good <laughs> the stuff. The compositions it's
1: there are mind
2: blowing, honestly. <laughs>
1: So you're a visual artist as well as as well as a musical artist and you've designed a whole bunch of merch for a lot of cool people. So has that affected the way that you approach music and kind of like when you are thinking up visuals for songs that you've written or songs you're producing and things like that, do you think about the visual while you're doing it or does that like tie into it or is it something that's completely separate like you do music and then you think up visuals afterwards? Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah, so as far as that goes, it is very separate, hmm. um, but I think just the way I approach visuals and music are very much kind of the same at this point, because um, hmm. it's all just waves. <laughs> Maybe not bump my mic. Um, but it's just, like, the way our different senses perceive those waves, so... Yeah with my art like i have a lot of texture i've kind of stopped worrying about trying to have everything be clean and through just like letting go and letting it kind of get more and more destructive mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. found a style that really resonated with people because it feels a little bit more organic even though it's all digital yeah and so then kind of bringing that into my music kind of like with that ipad beat i was talking about mm-hmm. which just like yeah. build all of these textural layers and you have like some melodies that come through more so kind of provide like a form to the song but you're not worried so much about each part being like perfectly crisp
0: wow mm. i love that because i struggle so Same. much with visuals like it's crazy like whenever like i don't know some people say that it just comes to them but when i try to think about creating like stuff for the podcast instagram post on canva i like struggle i'm like does this look good i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> so i just oh, love yeah, to hear like, that, that with
2: music or with visuals like music you know there are a lot of like quote-unquote rules
1: and mm-hmm. such that
2: you can like learn and they will help mm-hmm. kind of develop your overall eye but it really just comes down to like if you see it and you like it and you feel good about it then it probably looks okay unless you have a terrible eye <laughs>
1: <laughs> gonna
0: put that that's on a fair yeah. yeah that whole <laughs> sentence is i'm gonna have on a t-shirt Well, that's all our questions for you today. Thank you for being on. That was such a fun conversation. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Ayo. You know what it is. Song of the week and woman of the week. (laughs) What did I just say? Anik, do you want to go first? Yeah.
1: My song of the week this week is Pineapple Sky. Wait, is that what it's called? yeah it's called pineapple skies okay i was like wait yeah so my song of the week this week is pineapple skies by miguel Ooh. um this is my song of the week because i just every time this song comes on i immediately want to dance oh, and the best way that i could describe this song is that this song sounds like what being in a good mood feels like oh
0: i love that i totally agree it really so does that's why it's,
1: yeah so that's why it's my song of
0: the week and i also just love miguel yeah, I, I love that song, too. I used to listen to it on the way to volleyball tournaments because I was like, my favorite part about this day is the sunrise. If I have to be up at four in the morning, I'm going to see the sunrise, and I'm going to listen to Pineapple Skies. <laughs> and that's just the way it has it's to just be. That's the, the way it is. So um, my song of the week is Overkill by Holly mm-hmm. Um, I've been listening to this song literally on repeat this week. It has just the right amount of energy. It makes me feel like I want to move but it's not overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I love the use of a second hook or like chorus-esque section in the song where she goes like, My heart is racing, racing still. I'm over being overkill. And it's kind of like, it's not the chorus, but it comes up in the second half of the second verse and then it layers in like the next chorus. And I love that. So yeah, that's my song of the week. Okay, woman of the week. My woman of the week is Mae Mueller. She is a British artist, kind of new. I think she put out her either first, I think it might have been her first EP, like this, like last week. It might have been her second, though. I'm not positive. But um, if do you know Anne-Marie? Yeah. So she kind of reminds me of Anne-Marie in this kind of like funny British diva type way, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like British pop diva. Yeah. And I love her song, So Annoying, and... Where she goes, like, love is so annoying. Na, na, na. Uh-huh. And I just think it's hilarious. And her voice is really, like, husky and low mm-hmm. in a pop setting that really stands out. And, yeah, her music is just a lot of fun. And she seems hilarious. And her music videos are funny. So, Mae Mueller, My Woman of the Week. Love that. My Woman of the Week is someone we've actually had on
1: this podcast before. Oh, my God, who? Annika Wells.
0: Oh, what the heck have we? How, wait, how have we not picked her yet? I don't know. We've had, I mean, probably because we've had her on. Oh. Well, obviously, talk about Annika. Anika's Yeah, so <laughs> Anika
1: is a singer-songwriter. Um, she's written for really cool people, and she writes, I mean, she's working on a solo project now, but she's written for the Jonas Brothers, pretty much, millennium so yeah. lots and lots of people. But she's my moment of the week this week just because she is just such a, like a genuinely cool and nice and funny person.
0: Oh, yeah, like, we love her. (laughs) Yeah, her
1: Instagram has me cracking up all the time, like, her stories and stuff. Just very entertaining. And she's just a very, very sweet soul and, like, a great songwriter and very inspiring to me. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I think she's awesome. So she's my woman of the week.
0: I totally agree with all those statements. Also, it's hilarious that you picked her because I was listening to Spotify's, like, pop Christmas music playlist Uh literally right before this interview and the first song on it is like it's christmas by the jonas brothers and i was like let's go annika
1: (laughs) yes annika
0: i was was listening to her music on the way
1: to the airport yesterday and
0: i was like "Ugh, what a queen just what a queen i love we have had so many queens yeah we really have this podcast and i just love it like i am obsessed with like everyone who's been on the show same like i love them all Like, I would invite them all to my Thanksgiving if it wasn't Corona. Same. but Yeah. We should do that, actually. One day we we should have a whole Friends of the Podcast get together. That would be so much fun. Oh, my God. Maybe, like,
1: next year we can do that in New York. That would be so much fun. We should probably start saving for
0: that, like, now. (laughs) Have, like, a big party with all the guests. (laughs) In our tiny apartment. Wow. How fun would that be? Oh, my gosh. We have to get streamers. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to that episode. Thank you. We'll see, see you, you next, next week. week. Mwah. Mwah. Even in the dark, I see your face.